If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievements. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle Broadcasting here at Emanuel College. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Today, we're going to be talking about four rules for parents of basketball players. So coaches, if you don't get a chance uh, or if you haven't done it yet, I certainly encourage you to check out PGC Basketball's blog. There's terrific content that's always being um, uh, submitted into the, the blog. And I mean, everything from you know drills to do, from leadership exercises to one that I happen to stumble upon from Marquis Freeman, who um, is one of the directors for PGC Basketball. She writes, four rules for parents of basketball players. It got my attention just because I was intrigued on what those rules were. Ended up going through and thought, TJ, I think this is something we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. I think this could be a powerful episode. Rules for parents of basketball players. Listen, there's standards and rules within our programs. There's things that the players have to do. There's things that we have to do as coaches. But the program is all-encompassing. Parents play a role in that. And there's things that they need to do to help move the mission of the program forward. So in essence, there's some rules that they may need to follow as well. They have a responsibility in making all this work. Yeah, we all have responsibility. You know, it takes a village. And if we're really invested in uh, sports being a platform that betters our society, then we all have a role. And parents for sure have a major role in that. You know, Marky writes four rules. I want to go through them and let's talk about them, okay? Um, You know, one line just before we get to the rules. The game needs more fans, less critics. Mm-hmm. I love that. That was one that she kind of kind of used as a spotlight quote there. The game needs more fans, less critics. And I think that ties into the parents thing because I think naturally parents tend to watch games and watch their children's performances and watch the coaching performance from a, a fairly critical perspective rather than just sitting back from a fan perspective. Yeah, I, you know, the funny thing is, is I, I – I think that like media and everything that's become involved in the game has played a crucial point in that because it's like, you know, these uh, talk shows or even podcasts and you go back and you're critiquing what's going well, what's not going well, right? And so I think this day and time that the term fan almost means critic. It it, it very well does, right? Because never before in our world has every individual had a platform the way we do now yeah you know a microphone is handed to almost everybody we all have a social media platform you know like no we're just individuals but yet we have a media platform so in essence it creates that critical component within us because we think i have a platform i need to share my opinion yeah, and and trust me, they do. I mean, it's crazy some of the stuff that you'll read out there. I mean, just I, I get blown away all the time on social media when I see these things, and it's like good people that I know are willing to post these things about particular coaches or things that didn't go their way. And it's, you know, if you were to go talk to coaches, it's really the absolute worst part of the job. 
it's what they get tired of. They get tired of parents. They get that's tired unfortunate. of unfortunate. Yeah, it is. And and you know you want to know the the crazy thing about it. You know who pays in the end for that is the same. You know the parents are trying to control lives or whatever, be critics and all that. But at the end of the day. Like it wears out coaches, and you know who's the who, who gets hurt the most? The it, son or daughter the they're son or fighting daughter for. That they're fighting for gets hurt the most. That's the craziest thing to me. Uh, the paradox of this whole thing. So, yeah. listen, you know, no matter if you're a parent of a, a basketball player, and this podcast was uh, shared or, or encouraged for you to listen to, you know, I, I think it's if it was presented to you that way. It's because you as a parent play a role in the program. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not like oh you need to listen to this, but no, we you know we all play a role in this, and and these are helpful reminders of how we should maybe be approaching it from a parent perspective. Yeah, and, and like you know, don't take it personal. Well, this we both got have, presented to you. Yeah, we both have children. You know what I mean? Like I know, like I coach college basketball, and I know that I am way more nervous and anxious watching my 10-year-old compete in a sporting event than I am coaching a college game. So completely understand what it feels like to be a parent rooting for your child. Like, I, I get that. I, I know that. But I've also lived the other side of it, of, of coaching, and know what it feels like to hear stuff from parents that is just outlandish and crazy, and they don't have the whole story, and why are they going to this place? Like, I, I get both ends of it. So, you know, parents, it's not like we're just picking on you, you know what I mean? Like, we just, at the end of the day... Um, this is a reality of, of sports are hurting because of parents and hopefully as well helping you know a few people there's people that out there that, that do it the right way but I do think parents have to be really aware of the effect that they're having so let's go through two rules we'll take a halftime break and then we'll jump into the final two rules for parents of basketball players number one rule uh, thanks to our friends over Mar- our friend over Marquis Freeman PGC Trust the coaches and the referees. Mm-hmm. Trust the coaches and the referees. Rule number one, trust them. Right? Yeah. Do parents trust the coaches and the referees? I, well, the referees may be a tough one. Yeah. Right? I don't even know if the coaches always trust the referees. Refer- yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, man, if we're just being really honest about it, this is hard. This is hard. I mean, and, you know, to be fair about it, you know, social media and all the things that you're talking about, we also have a lot of ammunition as reasons not to trust them. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that have gone down over time to something as severe as, you know, like, could you trust Joe Paterno? Could you trust, you know what I mean? Like, you could go to those extremes as to whether coaches should be trusted. So I, I do understand a healthy um, checks and balances. Yeah, yeah, checks and balances. There has to be some certain you know, level of healthy checks and balances because we do have to protect our kids, right? We have to make sure that they're safe and they're, and the truth is there's a lot of coaches in there that are not well-trained on, on, uh, how doing it. Like there's transactional coaches in this world that are just out there to get a W and would not put the best interest of your child first. Right. So, um, trust the coaches is a tough one i get that for a lot of parents and trust the officials is a whole nother ball game right like i i do actually think we should to some level trust the officials i don't know how many people are out there trying to screw us and to get over on people right but the trust in the coaches part i can see that being hard for parents to get past well i can tell you the from the referee perspective my brother's a referee high school basketball football and lacrosse and he has no bias yeah, he and his entire crew—they're just trying to do their job and do it as well as they can. Yeah, you know. So, so in that essence, um, uh, impact. I'm actually—I have started trusting referees more because yeah. of my brother. But there's an el- there's also an element though, like if we're just being really—I've coached college long enough. There's an element of human 
nature there. You know what I mean? Like if you've ever coached like a summer league yeah. game, I'm play just into there. that in your into your favor though. Well, I know, but I'm I'm out there I'm out there coaching a summer league game, right? You know, two teams at team camp going back and forth with each other. All of a sudden, some kid becomes a smart aleck and starts doing whatever. Like just human nature is like. I, yeah, I'm not giving that kid any calls right now. You know, that, I just I think there is a piece of that that uh, it's hard to get past. We're all human. We all make mistakes, and you know, it's not perfect. Referees are definitely not perfect, and they're not right all the time. But for the most part, they're trying to do the right thing. So here's my thing about parents trusting coaches from a X's and O's basketball standpoint. I I've always been intrigued and find it interesting that parents will yell out things and, and try to coach from the stands and do all these different things. Not knowing the whole story, mm-hmm. not knowing all the details, and when you really think about it, and the funny thing is, parents recognize this because in their own life, when people start talking and chiming in, and you know, talking about things that they don't know everything about, parents will be the first people to be like, they were out of their place. Yeah, they were out of place. Mm-hmm. They, they they didn't know the story. You know, maybe it's a coworker at at their office that starts talking or trying to interject themselves into something that they don't know anything about. Yeah. They're sensitive to that. They're like, they need to stay over there. They don't or, know what we're doing over here. They yeah. don't know all the details, but yet they will flip their own logic once they enter yeah. into the basketball gym and start speaking on things and critiquing things that you don't fully know. Like, have you watched the opponent's tape? Have you seen what's been happening in practice? Or, or when it's your child, you know, a lot of times parents will be like, well, you don't know my child. You don't have the whole story on my child, but they'll use it in reverse on other situations, you know? I do, yes. Yeah. But I, I think we have to be sensitive to that, TJ. Yeah, I, I think, think parents so have to recognize, like, do I know the whole story? Am I, am I speaking without all the understanding mm-hmm. of what's taking place? And if so, is that healthy? Is that right of me? You know, or is that a foolish thing? Just yeah. from a known perspective, is, is that foolish for me to be making cold, hard statements and facts of things that I don't know all the details? I don't know if that's a healthy way to approach it. Yeah. You know what I was telling you about Last Chance You, right? There's a yes. really good example on there. There is a... Um, all-American linebacker from the University of Georgia. And Last Chance You, uh, Netflix series. Netflix series yep. on football, junior college football. There's an All-American um, football player from Georgia that um, I think he had his three marijuana charges in one year, so he got kicked out of Georgia, goes to this, and his mother's there to support him at the game. Well, all, Leading up to the game, it's really interesting dynamic. Leading up to the game, they show the coaches just breaking down film all week long, right? And then she stands up in the stands behind, and the whole game she's yelling, "Y'all should have watched film. Y'all didn't watch no film." Like she's yeah, the whole entire time she's just screaming this at the coaches. So then, the coaches like get her. We need to get her removed because she's in our ear behind there. Da, da, da. So the coaches do that, and th- trust me, these coaches are not faultless. You know what I mean. So then they get him in. So then the player, he starts playing real bad. And he starts skipping out on the team meeting to go see if his mom's okay because they removed his mom and put her on the, on the end zone down there. And it's just the whole mess. And he's just thinking about his mom like, oh, okay. You know, like he, he comes out of halftime. He's like, man, that's messed up. I, he, he loses trust in coach because coach had his mom removed. And it's just like, oh, geez. The snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. But, but that goes to the other half of trusting coaches and just letting them do their job not trying to replace them and not yeah. trying to be a substitute in the stands of a coach. Yeah, and, Barking yeah, w- out orders, barking out commands. I don't even think you have to trust them. I just think that they play on that team 
and they're going to do the best they can with X's and O's and all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't matter whether you trust them or not. That's just the team they play for, and that's what they have to do. End of story. Like I don't think that requires trust. Now, mentorship of your child and all that requires some trust. But when it comes to X's and O's and all that different stuff, it's just a matter of fact. That's their team they're on, and that's what they're going to run, and you need to support your team. Whether you trust them or not, the X's and O part, and when they're out there playing, you need to support your team. So I've seen more high school players specifically be crippled mentally because of the excess noise that's coming from parents in addition to their coaches. Yeah. That they can't even think. Like they are so consumed with different noise coming in from the, the stands and from the bench where that's the parent trying to overtake the coach's responsibility and barking orders. Does that happen much in the college space for you? Uh, it does, but probably more where I don't hear it. I mean, I, I've told a story a ton of times before, but I, I love my players and I love their, you know, their parents and the fact that they support our program. But at the end of the day, I've, I've coached long enough to know that what they're saying around the dinner table and what's going on in the car ride and whatever is probably not always in my favor. So there's a healthy distance that I keep. So first rule, parents work to get to a place where you can trust or at least uh, give the freedom for the coaches to do their job and do it freely. The second rule, winning is not everything. And really pulling back on the pressure that is being put on our younger athletes at an earlier age. I shared in a recent episode that there's a kid that I work with who's seeing a sports psychologist at the age of 12. Mm. Think about that. A sports psychologist at the age of 12 because of the anxieties and pressures to do well, to, to perform for their coach, and, and to not make mistakes, and already feeling the pressure of wins and losses. Where does that come from? It comes from just so many different ways, but it's, it's because of this onus is all on winning. Yeah. And, and when you combine it as a parent and you add on top of the message from the coach, of course, the coach's job is to win, right? But when you then compound that as a parent and you just keep adding on adding on adding on that winning is everything it can put a lot of pressure on young athletes and it's happening earlier and earlier in the youth sports industry yeah i mean my opinion on this one's simple it's a problem i mean it's a problem like at the end of the day you know your children are you worried about their long-term development or are you worried about what satisfies them or you right now you know i mean i think when you're thinking long-term development at the end of the day you want your kid to play well and you want them to do well but hopefully you want them to be a good teammate you want to be a good sportsmanship you want them to give their best effort you want those things that will serve them the rest of their life to be happening but when we start getting our focus on the outcome it just screws everything up. It screws up the team. It screws up the player. It screws up the parent. Screws up when it, when it's, everything is driven by outcome. Then I've never seen anything really good come from that. And parents, we have to be sensitive to this, and we have to help resist this this momentum that's going in the winning is everything. Because you look around professional sports and the super teams, all these players. That's all they talk about. I just want to get the ring. I just want to win the ship, right? I just want to, I just want to get that championship. It's all about the end product. That's what you're hearing as the narrative in the professional ranks that all of a sudden, you know, you trickles down to high school and to youth and the kids are doing the same. I, I just got to get to that championship. Like nothing else matters. Like coming together, growing, evolving, um, uh, improving your skills. I mean, those are all things. Those are wins in and of themselves that as parents, let's help feed that message. So listen, let's take a quick halftime break and then we'll come back for for. 
three and four of the four rules for basketball parents. Thanks to our friends over at Team Snap for today's communication halftime talk. This week, coaches, be intentional to work on and improve your side conversations. If you think about coaching, so many side conversations happen with our players that can really impact them. In fact, most of the impacting conversations tends to be in those intimate side conversations. You know, those ones where you pull the player off to the side and and you speak one-on-one and you share some intimate thoughts and you're really open and honest with that player. Those side conversations can change the game. Spend time rehearsing. Spend time thinking through how you want to handle those side conversations. Be very intentional with them and recognize the power that side conversations can have with your players. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out teamsnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app serving over 15 million people across the globe, helping get everyone organized from parents, players, and coaches all season long. All right, TJ, let's jump into these last two rules. So the number three, the 24-hour rule, giving yourself and everyone time to breathe. We talked about this on a previous episode about reflecting before responding. Yeah. Here's a great message for parents. Reflect before you respond. Listen, if you're trying to make comments and commentary about the game and you do it within the 24-hour span, there's a good chance you may be reacting before you're actually reflecting and then responding. Yeah, I think that's healthy for everybody for the most part. I mean, I think there's certain things that can be taken care of in the immediate time, but most of the time when there's some big underlying problem, you need to give yourself time to think about it. I think the coach needs it. I think the player needs it. I think the parent needs it. I think everybody needs times in these situations. I mean, when you see disasters happen, it's usually happening in the moment. You know, I mean, when you see these parents doing this, coach getting in a fight, attacking a referee, it happens in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think anytime you can give yourself some time, you can avoid some disasters like that. Yeah, build in that emotional buffer, build in that time where you can deal with your emotions and not simply live off your emotions. The 24-hour rule is extremely important. And and guess what, parents? That eliminates the car ride. Yeah. It it means we're not talking about the car ride. Yeah. But what would you talk about in the car ride? That goes to rule number four. The most important word you can say and words you can say as a parent is simply, I love to watch you play. Mm-hmm. I love to watch you play. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that shared all over the place. And just, I think it's, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, like that said less and less, it seems like in our society, right? Just the fact that I'm just thankful you're healthy and out there playing and having the opportunity and like just supporting a child from that place of just genuine love where there's no strings attached. It doesn't matter if you win, lose, doesn't matter. Unconditional. Unconditional, you know, and, um, I mean, in a perfect world, like our, our coaches would be unconditional in their love to players and parents would be unconditional because at the end of the day, we are the adults. The coaches and the parents are the adults. And it seems so crazy to me how often we come across as the children in these scenarios. And at the end of the day, our job is to love our children. And uh, a simple you know quote like that, and I love to watch you play in the car ride home, is powerful you know, for our children. And, and it, it, more than it is powerful... Um, it's a gift to be able to give our children. It's I, such a gift. I, I stand here today with a two and a half year old. I can't wait till she starts playing sports and I can do two things. Give her a hug after the game and say, I love to watch you play. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then go about our day. If she wants to talk about the game, 
Sure, I'll talk a little bit about the game, but just simply to love and support her and, and show her that I'm there for her, I can't wait to do that. Yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to that opportunity. Yeah, it's a gift. Like it's just it's it's a special thing to be able to do. And you know, I recognize children to do different things, and we also want to mentor them through those things. But I think even appropriate time in that, like a lot of times, like that car ride home, maybe they had something they didn't do well, like with their effort or with whatever. And we need to identify those things with our children. But the car ride home is probably not the place. You have to be doing that. So listen, if you uh, if you want to read the full blog, you can go to pgcbasketball.com. It's titled Four Rules for Parents of Basketball Players, uh, written by Marquis Freeman, one of PGC's directors. Certainly encourage you to check it out. Listen, parents, you play a part in the program, and uh, following these rules and guidelines can help direct and protect you uh, to be the best parent possible. So uh, appreciate you listening. I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.